football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate and mette what's up boys so how's it going all right in today's episode we're just going to go through all of the games from week 10 in the nfl and just go over the recap for each one uh, then we'll jump right into fantasy football pickups for the week and then we'll head right into the preview for week 11 we'll take a look at all the fantasy options and our picks for the spreads of each game. So uh, let's just hop right into the recap here. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Big upset here. Miami Dolphins being the Baltimore Ravens, 22 to 10. Uh, looking at the stats here for the Dolphins, uh, Tua Tagovailoa comes into this game to replace Jacoby Brissett, who, uh, who only threw 156 yards. Uh, Tua, two yards better, 158 passing yards for him. And then in terms of rushing, Miles Gaskin, 14 carries for 31 yards. Tua had three carries, and uh, that ended up going for just a touchdown. And then moving into receiving, Albert Wilson led this team in receiving four catches for 87 yards. As he had four four catches for 84 yards. Jalen Waddle, four for 61. Adam Shaheen, three for 34. And yeah, it looks like a lot of the touchdowns here were either defense or special teams because this offense really didn't have to do too much uh, to sort of get into the end zone. I guess, Matt, I'll get to you. What are your thoughts on this Dolphins team? Yeah, I think they are much better than their three and seven record. And we saw that last year. They were 10 and six, I believe. They missed the playoffs by like a game. So yeah, they started off really rough this year, but I think they're on a two-game win streak now, and beating the Ravens is not an easy task, so it looks like they might be turning things around. Yeah, for sure. This team's looking really solid, uh, being able to turn things around. Um, I guess we'll sort of have to see um, what they do in, in, in their upcoming games. I heard their schedule is pretty favorable, so yeah, we'll have to see about that. Um, and then getting to the Ravens here, Lamar Jackson, 238 passing yards. He had a passing touchdown and an interception. He also rushed nine times for 39 yards. Devontae Freeman, 10 for 35, and then through the air. Rashad Bateman, six catches for 80 yards. Mark Andrews, six for 63, and a receiving touchdown. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, six for 37. Devin Duvernay at four for 28. Um, I'll get to you, Nate, on this Ravens team. I guess what went wrong for them in this game, and I guess uh, what do you think about them going forward? I feel like um, they just couldn't really get into the end zone enough. It looks like there was a pretty decent amount of yardage, especially in receiving. So I guess maybe um, lean into rushing a little bit more. I know Lamar Jackson, he was getting a lot of carries. So maybe their other running backs can maybe take, a, take over the carries a little bit and then he can try passing a little bit more. Yeah, I guess there was also a lot of turnovers in this game. Lamar had a pick in this game. I think Watkins had a fumble. So I guess uh, ball protection was sort of an issue for this Ravens team. I sort of gave Miami uh, a lot of great looks to put points on the board. So, yeah, I think they definitely uh, need to fix that up for next game. Um, and then moving to the Sunday slate, big blowout here, just like we predicted. Buffalo Bills uh, coming into New York and beating the Jets 45-17. to a big win for the Bills, uh, getting to the scores here. Um, Josh Allen, 366 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. 
And then in terms of rushing, Devin Singletary, seven carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. Matt Breida, three for 28 and a touchdown. Zach Moss, seven for 27 and a touchdown. And Isaiah McKenzie, two for 17 and a touchdown. So four rushing touchdowns on the day for this team. Then through the air, uh, Stefan Diggs, eight catches, 162 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, three catches, 105 receiving yards. Emmanuel Sanders, two for 27. And Matt Breida, he had three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Bills this time. I guess, what are your thoughts? I mean, this was pretty much like a perfect storm. Um, Buffalo, they need to prove that they're still a threat in um, the AFC. Um, the Jets are one of the weaker teams, so they're pretty much they're pretty much primed to go to town on the Jets. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, this Jets team, really disappointing here. Mike White, 251 passing yards, four interceptions. They bring Joe Flacco, Flacco into the game. He threw for 47 yards and a touchdown. Looks like he will be getting the start this coming week. So that's uh, a different look for this Jets team. But moving to rushing now, Michael Carter, 16 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown. And then moving to receiving, Corey Davis, five catches for 93 yards. Elijah Moore, three for 44 and a touchdown. And Michael Carter, four for 43 yards. Um, Mette, I'll get to you on this Jets team. I mean, do you think Joe Flacco can turn things around? Or I guess, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I don't know if Flacco will be the solution, but I don't think he'll be the problem. But for this game, I really had high hopes for Mike White. He had a great game against the Bengals two weeks ago, I think. So, yeah, for him to throw four interceptions was kind of disappointing. But the Bills have probably one of the best defenses in the NFL. So at least I'll give him that. And then... Yeah, uh, just looks like the same old Jets, honestly. Yeah, um, it's definitely disappointing for this Jets team. Um, hopefully they can do something about that moving forward. It's going to be tough, though. But uh, speaking of disappointing, Tampa Bay Buccaneers being upset by the Washington football team, 29-19, getting to Washington here. Taylor Heineke, 256 pass yards and a passing touchdown. Then on the ground, Antonio Gibson, 24 carries, 64 yards, and two touchdowns. Then in terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin, six catches, 59 yards. Uh, DeAndre Carter, three for 56 and a touchdown. And J.D. McKissick, four for 35 receiving yards. Uh, Mete, getting to you on Washington. I guess, what are your thoughts on them in this game? Yeah, uh, this game, they did a great job. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers, so... Definitely not an easy task. They're the defending champs. And I've been saying for the season, they're much better than better than their record. And I think they showed it this week as, like I said, the Buccaneers defending champions. And this is only their third loss. So, yeah, Washington stepped up to the plate this week. And let's see if they can keep it going. It's going to be tough for them to keep it going, though. It looks like defensive end Chase Young towards ACL done for the season really tough blow to that team but we'll see what they can do in terms of their offense potentially carrying and then getting to Tampa Bay Tom Brady 220 pass yards two passing touchdowns but also two interceptions um, in terms of rushing Leonard Fournette 11 carries for 47 yards then in terms of receiving Mike Evans two catches 62 yards and a touchdown Chris Godwin seven for 57 Leonard Fournette eight for 45 yards 
and uh, Jalen Darden won for 29 yards, while Cameron Brates one catch went for six yards and a touchdown. Nate, I'll get to you on Tampa Bay. I guess, what are your thoughts on this upset? I'm guessing it's kind of a, a combination of both um, Tampa Bay not having their best um, scoring night and not having um, the best night on defense as well. I think throughout the season, they haven't uh, been able to stop the pass as well as they were last season. I feel like Washington really burned them up on that and um Washington does have a really good um run defense still even though their defense isn't what it was last season and you can kind of see like um Leonard Fournette wasn't able to get into the end zone they were able to get picks on Tom Brady which is really impressive so yeah I feel like um Tampa Bay needs to I guess tighten up a little bit more yeah I definitely agree with you all the injuries they've had in their secondary this year sort of uh, really impacted them a team like Washington sort of burned them on that. So we'll have to see, I guess, if they improve for the next game. Um, getting to the next game, huge blowout here. Dallas Cowboys being the Atlanta Falcons, 43-3. to um, Huge day for the Cowboys. Big bounce back. Dak Prescott, um, 296 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, and then Cooper Rush and Ezekiel Elliott also completed passes in this game, which is pretty cool. Then uh, in terms of rushing, Tony Pollard, 11 carries for 42 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 14 for 41 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Dak Prescott also rushed in uh, for five yards and a touchdown. And then uh, in terms of receiving, CeeDee Lamb, six catches, 94 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Tony Pollard, six catches, 56 yards. And then Amari Cooper, four for 51 yards. And then Michael Gallup, I believe this is his return, uh, three catches. And I believe they went for 42 yards. So, um, Mete, I'll get to you on this Cowboys team. I guess, what are your thoughts on this big win? Yeah, like you said, they definitely bounced back this week. And, yeah, I was really happy to see it. Uh, the defense played great. Only giving up three points is uh, really impressive. And Dan Quinn gets his revenge on the Falcons. So, yeah, Cowboys, it looks like last week was kind of like a one off so yeah they're looking great yeah i definitely agree uh, this whole offense just looked a whole lot better this week um getting to the falcons they pretty much showed no offense in this game matt ryan 117 pass yards two interceptions josh rosen came and only threw for 14 and a pick then in terms of the ground game wayne gallman 15 carries for 55 yards cordell patterson four for 25 then in terms of receiving kyle pitts four for 60 Olamadi Zacchaeus went two for 22, and there really just wasn't much else through the air. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Falcons. Tough loss, but I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like um, even though um, the offense wasn't really, um, I guess, producing, um, I guess what I'm more concerned with is kind of their defense and being able to kind of limit really strong teams. I feel like that's been something um, the Falcons have been lacking for quite some time now it's not just um this season so i feel like that would be more the more immediate picks even though they didn't really have a good scoring night yeah i mean offense was dead in this game defense was dead in this game i really don't know what to say uh they have a short week also they're playing on the thursday night game against the patriots so yeah they have to quickly get things together they don't they really don't want to experience another blowout uh this next game and 
Um, I guess getting to the next game, closer one here, uh, Tennessee beating the New Orleans Saints 23-21. to 21. Um, Let's take a look at the stats here for the Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill, 213 pass yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, in terms of uh, rushing, Deontay Foreman, 11 carries, 430 yards. And then Tannehill rushed five times for a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Marcus Johnson, five catches for 100 receiving yards. Deontay Foreman went two for 48. And uh, Jeff Swain went four for 26. And uh, Michael Pruitt, his one catch went for two yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on this Titans team. I guess, what are your thoughts? I think it's a pretty impressive win, especially against a uh, Saints team with, uh, I think they have the ranked uh, third defense in the league at the moment, and they were still able to win without Derrick Henry. So I guess it kind of um, shows that they're able to still win even without their best players. Yeah, I definitely agree. This Titans team, they really changed up their philosophy and they're still getting wins. So it's really impressive. And then getting to the Saints, Trevor Simeon, 298 pass yards, two passing touchdowns for him. Then in terms of rushing, Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 47 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, in terms of receiving, Deontay Harris, three catches for 84 yards. Mark Ingram, four for 61. Traquan Smith, four for 44 and a touchdown. And Marquez Callaway went two for 37 and a touchdown. Um, Mete, I'll just get to you on the Saints team. I guess, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I think they've been doing much better than at least what I've been expecting of them this season without Drew Brees. And yeah, now their situation, they're without Jameis Winston. And I'm still impressed as uh, the Titans have been one of the hotter teams in the league right now. And yeah, they only lose by two points. Like I said, they don't have Winston, Trevor Simeon. Uh, he's like... I thought he was average at best on the Broncos. I think he had like a start or something for the Jets. But he's looked really good uh, this season for the Saints. And then, yeah, they didn't even have Alvin Kamara for this game. So that's an even bigger blow for them. And it makes it even more impressive for me to have two of your best players not out there and only to lose by two to one of the best teams right now in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we can take this Saints team seriously. They are a contender to be in the playoffs. Uh, they'll definitely need Kamara back if they want to take a run at that, though. Um, getting to the next game, Indianapolis Colts being the Jacksonville Jaguars, 23-17. Uh, let's get to the Colts stats here. Carson Wentz, 180 pass yards for him. In terms of rushing, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Michael Pittman, five catches, 71 yards. Jack Doyle, three for 31. Nine and Mahines, two for 17. Um, Mete, getting two on this Colts team, they get back to 500 now for their record. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they're making a huge run. And I think at the point where they were at 0-3 or something, I was saying they're much better than their record. And yeah, uh, they're 5-2 and two since then. So like I've been saying, they're a good team. And their first three games, I think they were really hard games. I can remember they played like the Seahawks and the Ravens, I want to say, and then the third team I'm forgetting. So it was a tough beginning for them, but they're looking way better now. Yeah, I think it was Seahawks, Ravens, and Titans. Really tough schedule. Um, Carson Wentz had two ankle sprains. 
Um, Quentin Nelson was injured. Uh, they had so many guys out, Eric Fisher and others. And I mean, they still have put together an amazing run. So really impressive. Uh, getting to the Jaguars now, Trevor Lawrence, 162 passing yards for him. Jamal Agnew, um, three rush attempts for 79 yards. That's actually insane. And a touchdown, really impressive. Uh, James Robinson at 12 for 57 and a touchdown. That's great as well. Trevor Lawrence went five for 33 on the ground. And then in terms of receiving, Dan Arnold, five catches, 67 yards. Marvin Jones, two for 35. And then James Robinson went four catches for 27 yards. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on Jacksonville. They had a big win in Buffalo last week, but I guess this wasn't their week. Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, I'll say that um, it's still a good job that they were able to kind of um, limit the Colts' offense to only 23 points. They're basically a score away from tying, tying it up and going into overtime or possibly even winning in the fourth quarter. So at least that they have that. And they were able to get across into the end zone with the run game. So now they just kind of have to work on the passing game a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was going to say, yeah, their running game is really looking impressive. And yeah, this Jags team is playing better overall, whether it's offense or defense. So definitely like what I'm seeing going forward as well. I'm getting to the next game. This is insane. Uh, we have a tie for the first time this year. Um, Detroit Lions getting their first non-loss of the season. So they're 0-8-1. Pittsburgh Steelers tie them 16-16. No Roethlisberger for the Steelers team. I'll look at the stats for Pittsburgh. Uh, Mason Rudolph was at QB, threw for 242 yards, a touchdown and an interception. On the ground, Najee Harris, 26 carries, 105 rush yards. And then in terms of receiving, Deontay Johnson, seven catches, 483 yards. Ray Ray McLeod, nine for 63. Pat Fryermuth, five for 31. Uh, Najee Harris, four for 28. And James Washington, two catches, 15 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on Pittsburgh. I guess, what are your thoughts on them and this tie? I guess the, I guess the obvious thing is um, Ben Roethlisberger isn't playing, so that's something to factor in. But I feel like um, Mason Rudolph, he did a good job kind of stepping in for uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he was still able to generate enough offense, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. And I feel like their defense um, – wasn't really enough this game as well. Yeah, I mean, their defense has been allowing pretty much under 20 most of the season, which is pretty impressive. So, um, you know, being without Roethlisberger, <clears throat> like they were still able to keep the Lions under 20 and give themselves a chance to win. Obviously, it didn't happen, but I definitely like what Pittsburgh has going for them so far. And then I guess getting to the Lions now, Jared Goff, 114 pass yards for him. And then in terms of rushing, DeAndre Swift, 33 carries, 130 yards for him. Godwin Igwebuki had uh, two carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, three for 41 and a touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Amon Ross St. Brown, four catches, 61 yards. Khalif Raymond, four for 29 yards. And Trinity Benson had two for 17 yards. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on this Lions team. First game that isn't a loss, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, they were so close to winning. Uh, and they were an extra point away as they shank an extra point <laughs> and the kick in overtime. So, yeah, I really think at this point the Lions are probably like 
one of, if not the unluckiest teams in the NFL. They've had like three or four games they could have easily won, maybe even more. But yeah, they're just not getting it done at the end. But they're they're playing hard, and like you said, it was their first non-loss, so at least uh, there's some uh, positives. Yeah, we'll see, I guess, depending on their upcoming schedule, whether they can get an actual win. But yeah, definitely good that they didn't lose that game. Uh, getting to the next game, Nate, our teams went head-to-head here. A big win for the Patriots. I'm really impressed. 45-7. to Of course, no Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns, but I'll get to the Patriots stats first here. Uh, Mac Jones uh, threw for 198 yards and three passing touchdowns. Uh, Hoyer came in three for three, 85 yards and a passing touchdown for him. Then on the ground, Ramondre Stevenson, 20 carries for 100 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Big day for him in the place of Damian Harris. And then Kendrick Bourne on the ground, three for 43, and Brandon Bolden, three for 32, so really solid. Then through the air, Kendrick Bourne, four catches, 98 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, four catches for 49 yards and his first career touchdown, so great for him. And then Brandon Bolden, three for 38 yards. And then Hunter Henry, uh, he had four catches. Uh, They went for 37 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Patriots. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed. I think they're on like a four-game win streak. And yeah, that's a huge win, uh, 45-7, to seven, almost a 40-point win. You don't see that much in the NFL. And the Browns are not a bad team, so it makes it even more impressive. I really like what I see from Mac Jones. Uh He's really reminding me of a rookie Dak. He was kind of slept on. And then his completions are always high. His yards are kind of low, but he's rarely throwing interceptions. And he might not have the flashiest numbers, but he's making smart decisions. So can't really hate on him. And then Ramondre Stevenson, he had a big game filling in for Damian Harris. So. Yeah, the defense is picking it up. The Patriots, they're looking really scary right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. And take it in that Cleveland did score the first seven points of this game. And then 45 unanswered points after from the Patriots. Really impressive. I will get to the stats for the Cleveland Browns. Um, It looks like Baker Mayfield started this game. Uh, He threw for 73, a touchdown and an interception. I believe he got injured and he was pulled. Case Keenum comes in. He only threw for 81 passing yards. Then getting to uh, the rushing, Dearness Johnson filling in for Nick Chubb. 19 carries for 99 yards, so one yard away from Stevenson. And then in terms of receiving, Dearness Johnson, seven catches for 58 yards. Jarvis Landry, four for 26. And then Austin Hooper, four for 25 and a touchdown. Nate will get you on the Browns. I guess, what are your thoughts on your team? I guess it's a um, combination of, I feel like um, the Patriots match up with the Browns pretty, pretty well, um, especially with um, Nick Chubb out because the Patriots have a really good pass defense and um, yeah, they were able to, I guess, kind of stop the Browns from getting, I guess, to the end zone through passing. So they had to do it through rushing and they weren't able to. And I guess, I'm kind of more concerned about the defense for the Browns more than the offense, mainly because um, they've been, I guess, having trouble um, preventing 
I guess, touchdowns just in general. And I guess maybe the other thing I'm concerned with was turnovers. I feel like that was a pretty big problem against the Patriots as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's really showing on Baker Mayfield all the injuries he's been through this year. Um, I think that once they get Chubb back, and I mean, they'll run Chubb and Johnson until Hunt comes back, which I don't know whether that's going to be at some point this season or not. But yeah, they really need to get back to that run game. And uh, I mean, yeah, good on the Patriots. I, I believe they started like, what, two and four. They've been on like a four games win streak right now. Um, yeah, hopefully they can continue it. I'd love to see it. Uh, definitely really solid from them. And then uh, getting to the next game here, uh, Minnesota Vikings beating the LA Chargers 27 to 20. Um, getting to the stats for the Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins, 294 pass yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Dalvin Cook, 24 carries, 494 yards and a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 143 yards. Um, Adam Thielen, five for 65. And then Dalvin Cook, three for 24 yards. Um, and then I believe uh, Tyler Conklin, he had three catches that went for 11 yards and two touchdowns, so really solid. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on Minnesota. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Really impressive win. Um, the Chargers, they're potential playoff team and I, I feel like the Vikings are too at least in terms of skills so I think beating a team like the Chargers kind of proves that yeah um, definitely uh, the Vikings are just right there in terms of getting into the playoffs there's a lot of teams like right there on the bubble um, you got them you got the Panthers you got the Falcons um, I believe there's a couple other teams just knocking on the door maybe even San Francisco so yeah it's really packed there in the NFC. This was a big win for the Vikings. Um, getting to the Chargers now, in terms of passing, Justin Herbert, 195 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, getting to rushing, Austin Eckler, 11 carries for 44 yards. Larry Roundtree had five for 10 and a rushing touchdown. And then getting to receiving, Keenan Allen, eight catches for 98 yards. Mike Williams, four for 33 yards. Josh Palmer had three for 22, and Austin Eckler had three for 15 and a receiving touchdown. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Chargers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I think they started off really well. They were like three and one, something like that. So they're kind of struggling at the moment, but I'm still impressed with uh, how they're doing this season. They honestly might be... Uh, tied with their win record last year maybe like a bit under I can't remember how many games they won last year so for them to be five and four right now uh, I think it's actually impressive even though they're kind of struggling at the moment so yeah if you're a Chargers fan I know it's tough right now but uh, your team is showing improvement so uh, stick in uh, stay in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I get what you're trying to say. And uh, um, yeah, um, the one thing that is tough for this Chargers team is that the Chiefs are now ahead of them in the division. Um, yeah, the, I think the Chargers were leading this division for like two or three weeks. Um, Chiefs are right back there. So yeah, um, I think you meant they need to stick to the plan, stick with yeah. it, whatever. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, they, they have been playing well defense been a little bit uh, bad in terms of uh, stopping the run but uh, they definitely gotta you know fix that up 
Um, speaking of a team that's really solid, uh, Carolina Panthers coming out and beating the Arizona Cardinals 34 to 10. Um, it was Cam Newton's first game. He didn't get the start, um, but he did get um, four pass attempts. He completed three of them for eight yards and a uh, passing touchdown. Um, <clears throat> really solid for him. And then uh, PJ Walker did get the start. He threw for 167 yards and an interception. Safe to say that Cam Newton will be starting the next game. I think it's already been announced. And then in terms of rushing, Christian McCaffrey, 13 carries for 95 yards. Chuba Hubbard, nine for 27 and a touchdown. And then Cam Newton, he had three carries for 14 yards and a rushing touchdown himself. I'm getting to receiving Christian McCaffrey, 10 catches for 66 yards. Robbie Anderson, four for 37 and a touchdown. Amir Abdullah, four for 27. And DJ Moore had four for 24 yards. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on this Panthers team. I guess, what are your thoughts with, with Cam Newton being back and everything? Yeah, I'm really happy for Cam Newton. It looked like nobody wanted him. And then, unfortunate for the Panthers, Sam Darnold goes down and they make the reunion happen. So... Yeah, I'm happy for him. His situation, I know this is a different sport, but it kind of reminds me of the Carmelo Anthony situation where he wasn't really wanted when he got – did he get dropped by the Thunder? It's yeah, I think it was OKC, while. was it? Yeah, and then – Either that or the Rockets. Yeah, it was the Rockets. You're right. Sorry. And then, yeah, uh, what was I saying again? Uh, he went to Portland, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Newton wasn't wanted as well, like Carmelo. So, yeah, for him to finally find a team again, and then, like you said, he's going to be starting next game. It's been announced, so I'm happy to see that. I think the Panthers, they were off to a hot start. They've been okay lately, but beating the Cardinals is huge. So, yeah, I want to see how far Newton can take this team. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's sort of rejuvenated himself coming from New England. Uh, he sort of developed into, you know, a more disciplined player. Whether he's in his prime or not anymore, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, he should definitely be an upgrade uh, when it comes to turnovers compared to Darnold, who was just turning over the ball way too much. Um, let's get to the Cardinals now. No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins for this team. Uh, they really struggled this week. Um, Colt McCoy uh, was the starter for QB, 107 passing yards and an interception. I think Chris Strevler came in. He threw for 36 yards. Um, in terms of rushing, James Conner, 10 carries, 39 yards. And, of course, he gets his rushing touchdown because that's what he does. And then getting to receiving, Christian Kirk, he catches seven, 458 yards. Zach Hurts, four for 46. James Conner, three for 25 and Rondell Moore two for 10. Um, Nate, I'll just get to you on this Cardinals team. I guess, what are your thoughts on them uh, without two of their main players? Yeah, I guess um, Kyler Murray's kind of like the engine for the offense when he's there. It, the Cardinals feel unstoppable, but without him there, the Cardinals become kind of a more beatable team, but I feel like maybe they could have um, lead into James Conner a little bit more, let him carry the ball. Um, some more because if, if I feel like they were having some sort of success with that. Yeah, I mean, he only had like, what, <clears throat> 10 carries in the game. Not good enough. Uh, you definitely got to feed the, the rock to him a little bit more. 
Um, but yeah, the thing is they also went down in the game. So I think they turned to the passing game, which just really wasn't the same without Kyler Murray. So hopefully Murray's back for the next game and they can have a bounce back. Um, getting to the next game, a big win for the Eagles here. They beat the Broncos 30 to 13. Getting to the stats, uh, Jalen Hurts, 178 passing yards for the Eagles, two passing touchdowns and an interception. In terms of rushing, Jordan Howard, 12 carries for 83 yards on the ground. Boston Scott, 11 for 81. And then Jalen Hurts, 13 carries for 55 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Devontae Smith, four catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Quez Watkins, four for 33. Dallas Goddard, two catches for 28. And Boston Scott had two for 24 yards. Uh, Nate, getting to you on the Eagles, I guess, what are your thoughts on this win for them? I feel like this is a pretty impressive win. Um, the Broncos, again, they have a top five offense. Uh, they're pretty good at defending against um, the pass, just defense in general, but the Eagles were fi- able to find a way to the win. Yeah, um, I believe this moves them to second in the uh, NFC East, so they are doing really well for themselves uh, this season. Um, getting to the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 226 passing yards for him. And then on the ground, Javante Williams, eight carries for 48 yards. Melvin Gordon, nine carries for 45 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving Albert O, um, three catches for 77 yards. Noah Fant, five for 59. Jerry Judy, six catches, 48 yards. And then Cortland Sutton, two catches for 29 yards. Mete, we'll get to you on this Broncos team. I guess what's different about them compared to the last week win against the Cowboys? Uh, the offense was definitely not as good this game. And, yeah, the defense definitely struggled as well. So uh, when both sides of the ball you're struggling, uh, you shouldn't expect to win games. So, yeah, it looks like uh, it went down as it was supposed to this game. Yeah, I definitely think so. I feel like that that was, like, their big game of the season. Um, They definitely, you know, uh, I don't know whether they were riding high after it, you know, they kind of came into this game expecting to make quick work of the Eagles and I guess it just didn't happen but um, yeah hopefully the Broncos can bounce back in their next game. I'm getting to the next game. Two quarterbacks returned here Aaron Rodgers for the Packers and Russell Wilson for the Seahawks Packers beat the Seahawks 17 to zero a very surprising win here. I will get to um, the results for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 292 pass yards and an interception Uh, on the ground. AJ Dillon, 21 carries for 66 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, seven carries for 25 yards. I believe he suffered an injury in this game. Um, Getting to receiving Devontae Adams, seven for 78 yards. Um, AJ Dillon, two catches, 62 yards. Aaron Jones, four for 61. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one catch for 41 yards. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on the Packers. I guess, uh, what'd you like from this team? Uh, definitely like the defense. No points given up. And then uh, Rodgers in his return. Uh, pretty bad weather conditions. So he still had a good game, I think. He didn't have any touchdowns, but the yards were there. The completion percentage is solid and one interception. So like I said, in a bad weather game, it's not that bad. Uh, tough blow for them to lose Aaron Jones, though. He's one of the uh, best running backs in the league. But for A.J. Dillon fantasy owners, uh, they're probably really happy. And 
He's about to reward all those people that picked him. So, yeah, the Packers, a uh, big win for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely agree. Um, getting to the Seahawks now, uh, Russell Wilson um, coming off that finger surgery. Uh, he really struggled in his first game. I think when you have those uh, finger uh, injuries, uh, it really uh, it makes it tough to throw the deep ball. I noticed he really wasn't throwing as well this game. He only threw for 161 yards, and he had two interceptions, which wasn't good. Um, in terms of rushing, Alex Collins, 10 for 41 on the ground. Wilson also had five carries for 32 yards. Then getting to receiving, Gerald Everett, eight catches, 63 yards. DK Metcalf, three for 26. Tyler Lockett, two for 23. And Travis Homer, three for 23. It's really not a lot in this game. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Seahawks. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess um, I noticed that the Packers got most of their um, points in the fourth quarter. So I guess this is kind of a case of um, you want to make sure that you hold out until the end. And I guess for offense, they're going to have to kind of change their strategy a little bit until Russell Wilson, Wilson gets healthy. Yeah, I definitely agree. I guess week by week, uh, Wilson's finger will just keep getting better. Um, and then, yeah, um, I think the offense will definitely improve when he can sort of stretch the field with his uh, uh, deep uh, ball passing ability. So uh, that'll be uh, great to see. Um, and then just getting to the next game here, uh, it's the Sunday night battle between the Chiefs and the Raiders, the Chiefs winning 41 to 14. Um, I think this Chiefs offense is back just by looking at this game. A really solid, uh, no turnovers from Mahomes, 406 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. Really impressive. Um, and then getting to rushing, Daryl Williams, 11 carries for 43 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Travis Kelsey, um, I believe he went eight for 119 uh, receiving yards. Daryl Williams, nine catches for 101 and a touchdown. Tyree Kill, seven catches, 83 yards and two touchdowns. And then Brian Pringle, brought Byron Pringle, four catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. And Noah Gray also had one catch that was for a yard and a touchdown. Um, Nate, let me get to you. Uh, is Casey Nation back? I mean, for now, it looks, it looks like they're back. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is in full form. They didn't even really need to lean into their rushing game that much, and they still got 43 points, so that's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's very impressive. I'm just wondering whether it's the Chiefs being back or whether it's the Raiders just not having any secondary whatsoever in this game being played. Um, yeah, really disappointing for the Raiders. I'll get to them. Uh, Derek Carr threw for 261 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, he also rushed uh, to lead the team on three carries, 418 yards, almost no rushing game uh, for this Raiders team. Uh, we'll get to receiving... Uh, Brian Edwards, three catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, seven for 46 and a touchdown. And Deshaun Jackson had one catch for 38 yards, while Darren Waller added four for 24. Um, Mete, I'll get to you um, on this Raiders team. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, I don't know if this was the Chiefs playing well or the Raiders playing poorly. So, But for the Chiefs to hold the Raiders to 14 is impressive. Their defense has been struggling, and the Raiders, I, I like their offense. So, yeah, they're definitely not, a like, a bad team. So, uh, definitely impressive there. And then it's really hard to do uh, something when your team 
turns one dimensional. What I mean by that is that the rushing game just got completely stuffed. So they were forced to throw a lot. And yeah, once the Chiefs uh, figure that out, <clears throat> the game just completely changes. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I definitely think that, you know, the Raiders, um, they just really didn't look good in this game. But yeah, like you said, credit to the Chiefs defense. Um, they only gave up like, what, 21 points in their last two games. So when you're only allowing 10 and a half points per game, I think that's pretty solid. Offense doesn't need to do too much to get the victory. So definitely impressed with that. Um, and then getting to the Monday night game, uh, it was the LA Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers with the upset here, 31 to 10. Um, getting to the stats for the 49ers, um, take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who threw for 182 yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, really impressive. Um, in terms of rushing, uh, Eli Mitchell, 27 carries for 91 yards. Debo Samuel, five carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I believe Jeff Wilson had 10 carries in this game for 28 yards. And then in, in terms of receiving, um, Debo Samuel, five catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, five for 50 and a touchdown. And Brandon Ayuk had three for 26 yards. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on this 49ers team. I think this was a much needed win for them. Yeah, uh, definitely much needed win. And they're still below 500, but the Rams, they're a contender. So very impressive win. And they win by 21. So that's three touchdowns. Uh, makes it even more impressive. Garoppolo, solid game. I really like what I'm seeing from Debo Samuel. He's uh, showing that he's one of the better receivers in the league. So he's having a crazy breakout year so far. I mean, they, I think right now have like two top pass catchers in the league, you know, to go along with George Kittle. So um, I really like the way the offense is shaping out for the 49ers. And it looks like their defense played well. Also in this game, uh, we'll get to the stats for the Rams. Um, Matthew Stafford, 243 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but two interceptions. Um, in terms of rushing, Daryl Henderson, five carries for 31 yards. I believe he suffered an injury in this game. Um, and then in terms of receiving, uh, Cooper Cup, his usual self, 11 catches for 122 yards. Um, Van Jefferson, three for 54. Tyler Higby, three for 20 and a touchdown. Then Odell Beckham Jr. had two for 18 yards. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on this Rams team. I guess, what are your thoughts on them overall? I guess this has been kind of a disappointing uh, week uh, week for them. I feel like this isn't really um, their full potential. So I guess hopefully they kind of dust themselves off and uh, I guess try to forget about it next week. Yeah, two tough primetime losses back-to-back. -back. I know people are going to slam Stafford for not being a good primetime quarterback. Um, but, I mean, uh, he's just starting uh, with the Rams. Hopefully, he can sort of turn that around in the upcoming games. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Rams are a contender. I think, Mete, you said that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, they should be able to turn it around no problem. Um, and, in, and then, yeah, that's the end of the recap uh, for Week 10. Um, let's get to the pickups now. For fantasy football, um, I'll start with running backs here. I have Ramondre Stevenson for the New England Patriots. Um, the reason I'm telling you to pick him up, I believe um, he's uh, heading into this week. Uh, he was under 50% rostered. 
Um, we don't know whether Damian Harris will play for the Thursday matchup. So if you need a running back that's going to be fed like 15 plus carries, uh, he's the guy. I think he had a, over 100 yards last game. He had two touchdowns. Uh, definitely go pick him up. Even if Harris does get the start, he's still going to get some work, um, most likely, whether it's in the, the rushing or the receiving game. So definitely uh, a good pickup there. Um, and then Mete, I'll bounce it to you for your running back pickup for the week. All right, so for running back, Deontay Foreman, Tennessee Titans. It's currently 49% owned, so just under 50. And he led the team in touches out of the backfield last week. So Adrian Peterson, he got signed two weeks ago. He did have the most touches two weeks ago, but last week they didn't like what they saw from him. And Foreman, he played a great game. So I feel like he should be uh, the lead back going forward and the Tennessee Titans. All right. And then Nate, I'll get to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? I guess for the week, I have um, Ty Johnson again for the New York Jets. Um, even though he only got, I guess, 6.3, um, I guess, fantasy points for um, Buffalo, um, he's still a really versatile running back. He can run and he can pass. And he's against, I guess, a Miami defense that They've been near the bottom of the league, so I feel like this is still kind of a chance for Ty Johnson to get a lot of points, especially in a deep league. Yeah, if he's getting a lot of work in the receiving game, uh, if they go down against Miami, uh, then he should still be able to get some work. So um, definitely a solid pickup. Um, getting to wide receivers now, I have Rashad Bateman. He was also under 50% rostered coming into this week. Um yeah, I, I believe he led um, the Ravens in both targets and receiving yards this past game. His workload has just increased week by week. I think he started out with like six targets a game, and now he's getting like almost eight targets a game. So I think Lamar Jackson, even though he's a rookie, he's trusting him a lot more. Um, definitely, um, if he's the, the number one option um, in terms of targets for this um, Ravens team, he definitely should be rostered. So I feel like that he's a guy that, you know, you can throw in your flex spot and he's not going to hurt you um, every week. So uh, definitely a solid pickup for me. Um, and then Mete, I'll get to you for wide receivers. So I decided to go for another Tennessee Titan, Marcus Johnson, 15% owned and he got six targets last game as he replaced Julio Jones in the starting lineup who's on IR. So yeah, I think... He should start again, and I liked what I saw from him. All right, and um, Nate, I'll move to you. I guess who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? For the week, um, I have another deep league pick. I guess I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, again, I know he is on the Detroit Lions, but um, he's been doing uh, pretty well so far. He's um, had some big games against um, teams with uh, pretty good defenses and even against Pittsburgh he got eight fantasy points um, the Browns they don't have the best pass defense still so he should be able to get a lot of points yeah I think the only game he got blanketed was the game he was being guarded by Jalen Ramsey all the other games he was able to produce so yeah uh, definitely a solid pickup um, I'll get into some quarterbacks now um, for quarterback, I have uh, Cam Newton for the Carolina Panthers. This is an obvious one. Um, he's getting the start for the Panthers. Um, even though he might not throw um, more than 200 passing yards, he's going to get you a lot of rushing yards, which is a very 
a great floor in fantasy. Um, he should be able to get you between 15 and 20 fantasy points, possibly even more than that. So if you need a guy to slot in for a bye week, um, maybe you got Matthew Stafford. I think he's one of the guys on bye this week. And, you know, you need someone to throw in, definitely go pick up Cam Newton. He'll be really solid. I've been mentioning Tua Tagovailoa almost every week. He's another guy. He came back from injury last week, looked really solid. He also has a nice rushing floor as well. So uh, he's another guy you can throw into that starting lineup if you have a guy on by, and he'll be really solid. Um, Mete, I'll uh, get to you for tight ends. I guess who's your pickup for the week? So tight end, I went with Dan Arnold uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's currently 37% owned, and uh, his last three games he's seen – a huge spike in targets. It's been targeted 24 times over the last three games. So, yeah, if he's seeing that many targets, there aren't uh, many tight ends out there that get that many targets. So I think it's an obvious pickup. Yeah, I definitely agree. This year, tight end is sort of all over the place. Uh, if you have a guy that's getting targets, um, a guy that's running routes, uh, yeah, that's what you want. Definitely want to go pick those guys up. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? For the week, um, you can take a look at Tyler Conklin. He's more of a shallow league pickup, about 35% rostered, but he's been um, really solid throughout the season, especially for the last four weeks. He's been getting over seven fantasy points per game, which is really good for a tight end. He gets plenty of targets. So as long as the Vikings are hot, I feel like Conklin should get a lot of exposure. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah, there. I think Kirk Cousins is looking for him in the end zone a lot as well. I believe he had two touchdowns last game. So red zone targets are important as well. Definitely really solid. And yeah, that's the end for pickups for the week. So let's just hop right into the week 11 preview for fantasy. I'll take a look at all the games. We'll start with Thursday night. Uh, Patriots against Falcons, uh, two teams that I cheer for are really going to be interested in this game. So I'll preview it. Uh, for fantasy, um, I guess, guys, you can start from each team with the Patriots. Um, whether it's Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson starting, that's the running back you want in your starting lineup. And then Jacoby Myers, he's been getting a lot of targets. He also found the end zone last game. Definitely start him. And also Hunter Henry. He's been getting touchdowns every week. I believe he even had two last week. So um, at tight end, you need guys that are getting catches and touchdowns. Definitely start him. I guess some deep league guys would be Mac Jones, Brandon Bolden, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and John U. Smith if he plays. Um, getting to the Falcons, the only guys I'd be comfortable starting would be Kyle Pitts at tight end. And then whether it's Cordero Patterson or Mike Davis starting, I think Patterson's questionable right now. So whoever gets the start at running back, that's the guy you should be rolling out. And then deep league guys would be Matt Ryan, Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage, and Tajay Sharp. So let's get into the spread for this game. The Patriots are favored by seven points. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Which side are you on here? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots. Um, I feel like the Falcons are too streaky on offense, and Patriots have a pretty solid uh, defense and a pretty solid offense. So one score is more than doable. All right, and Matt, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? Yeah, I think Cordell Patterson might be out this game, and he's probably their main target on offense. And I've been picking against the Patriots a lot. And, yeah, I said uh, for the preview I'm impressed with them. So, yeah, this week I'll go with the Patriots. They're looking great. 
Yeah, I definitely have to lean with the Patriots as well. Just like you said, Cordell Patterson might not be there for the Falcons. He's been the best playmaker there next to Kyle Pitts. Um, definitely it's going to be a struggle for them on offense if, you know, Pitts gets blanketed, whether it's by Jackson or someone else. And then Matt Ryan has to try and find other targets. It's going to be really difficult for them. Definitely think the Patriots can win by a touchdown or more. Uh, getting to the next game, um, it's uh, San Francisco against Jacksonville. Mete, I'll get to you for the preview. All right, so Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd go for in deeper leagues. Elijah Mitchell, for sure. Debo Samuel as well. George Kittle. And then Brandon Ayuk, I'd go for in deeper leagues. He had a really tough start, but then I think like two uh, last two weeks, he's been okay. So if you're desperate or something, you could definitely give him a look. And then for Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, I'd go for in deeper leagues. James Robinson, Dan Arnold, like I was saying, and then Marvin Jones as well. All right. And then uh, getting to the spread here, um, the 49ers are favored by six and a half. I guess, Mete, which side would you be on here? Yeah, I think I'll go with the 49ers. They just have to win by a touchdown. Jacksonville's been struggling. San Francisco, I think they're definitely better than Jacksonville, so I'll take them. All right, and uh, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess, which side are you on here? I guess I'll go with um, Jacksonville until I guess their passing game starts to pick up. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Jacksonville as well. Um, I think that um, they've been keeping it close with a lot of the teams they've been playing, including Buffalo and the Indianapolis Colts. I think six and a half is more than doable for them. Um, 49ers are also on the road in this game, so I'm not 100% sure whether they can cover the six and a half. So, yeah, I will go with Jacksonville also. Um, getting to the next game, Baltimore against Chicago. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the preview for fantasy. So, I guess for um, Baltimore, um, there's a few guys who are starting that are questionable Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Latavius um, Murray. So, um, that does leave some room for like Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, uh, Devontae Freeman. They're probably going to get some more looks. So especially if you're in a deep league, you're going to want to take a look at them. Maybe in some shallow leagues as well. And then you could take a look at Mark Andrews as well. He's been really consistent. So you're definitely going to want to start him. For uh, Chicago, it's kind of hard to tell who to start. But I guess you can maybe take a look at um, David Montgomery. Darnell Mooney, he's questionable, so you're going to want to double-check before you start him. And then in deep leagues, you might be able to take a look at Cole Komet. Justin Fields, he hasn't been too consistent, so I'm kind of hesitant to recommend starting him, but he is an option if you're kind of confident in his improvement. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's really tough to start anyone outside of Montgomery. Even Allen Robinson, it's really tough to start at this point. He's just really not getting targets. Um, let's get to the spread here. Spreads all over the place, but I think uh, the consistent one is minus five in favor of the Ravens. Um, Nate, I'll get to you first. Which side are you on here? I guess I'm going to go with the Ravens just because um, they're a pretty solid team. Um, Chicago, I feel like um, they still need to pick up their defense a little bit, and I'm not sure if they can stop the Ravens as decent as their defense is. All right, and uh, Mete getting to you. Uh, Ravens are favored by five and a half. Who do you like here? Uh, that's a good question. Ravens. I think I'll go for Ravens. Um, I know they're not home, but 
the Bears, I, I don't know. I feel like they're uh, too inconsistent, too inconsistent for me to pick. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree there. I think I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Um, if the spread's below a touchdown, I think you just have to go there. I mean, they have to bounce back from that game against Miami. Um, I know we saw Dallas do and have a nice bounce back game. We saw other teams bounce back. I think this is sort of the spot where the Ravens do it, so I definitely like them. Then getting to the next game, Green Bay against Minnesota. I'll preview this one for fantasy. So for Green Bay, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, obviously. You're starting Devontae Adams, and you're starting A.J. Dillon in the place of the injured Aaron Jones. Uh, and then in deep leagues, uh, you could probably roll out guys like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and maybe Marquez Valdez-Scanling since he's healthy now. And then for the Vikings, uh, you're starting Dalvin Cook, you're starting Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and potentially Tyler Conklin as the tight end landscape isn't that great. He's been playing really well. You could probably roll him out. And then deep leagues would be guys like Kirk Cousins, Alex Madison, KJ Osborne. Um, let's get to the spread now. Uh, Packers are favored by two and a half. Mete, which side are you on here? Oh, uh, that's a pretty small spread. And the Packers, they've been great. So I like the Packers here for sure. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. Which side are you on here? If the spread was bigger, I would say go with uh, Minnesota. I feel like they do have upset potential against the Packers, but Packers are just really solid overall. So I feel like until they start having a losing streak, you'd want to go with the Packers. I feel like all of Minnesota's games are like one score games. So um, if they win, they're going to cover. If they lose, they won't cover. That's pretty much how it is. So do I think Minnesota is going to win this game? I think Green Bay has a higher chance of winning this game. So I think I'm going to take them on the spread. I think Green Bay is the better team. Their defense has been like top five in the league the past like four or five games. They've looked really solid. So yeah, I think I am going to lean with the Packers here. Um, getting to the next game, New Orleans against Philadelphia. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on this one for fantasy. All right. So for the Saints, Trevor Semyon. Like I was saying, I'm impressed. I could, uh, you could start him in deeper leagues. Mark Ingram, if Kamara is out, if not, you want to start Kamara only. And then Deontay Harris, Trey Smith, and Marcus Callaway. I'd go for in deeper leagues. They're just way too inconsistent to trust right now. And then Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott. If Miles Sanders is out, but he might be back. So if he is back, only start Miles Sanders and then Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. All right. And uh, getting to the spread here, it looks like the Eagles are favored by one and a half. Uh, Mete, which side are you on here? Uh, this is like definitely picking the winner as one of the smallest spreads. So... Well, I don't know. It's a tough one. The Eagles have been kind of playing much better lately. And then, like I was saying for the Saints, I'm impressed with them. So I think I'll just go with the Saints. All right. And uh, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? This is pretty much just a toss-up matchup, but um, the Saints do have a top three defense for the season from not mistaken so i feel like they should be able to hold off the eagles yeah i think um this spread probably will flip uh, if alvin Kamara is confirmed for this game um so i think um you might want to take the saints while they're underdogs uh if you expect Kamara to play 
because uh, you won't be able to get them as underdogs later in the week. Um, but yeah, if Kamara doesn't play, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles. They've just been playing really solid lately on both offense and defense. I can't um, deny what they've been doing. So yeah, um, as of right now, it looks like no Kamara. So yeah, I am going to go with the Eagles here. Um, getting to the next game, uh, Houston against Tennessee. Nate, I'll get to you for that one for fantasy. So for Houston, um, again, not really too many players that you want, that you would want to take a look at. Um, Brandon Cooks, I feel like he's been one of the players that you could start. He's been pretty solid throughout the season. Maybe in deeper leagues, you can take a look at um, David Johnson. Um, Tyrod Taylor, he's, he was more solid in the beginning of the season, but I feel like as it starts to um, shake the rust off, he might be able to improve. And I guess for Tennessee, you can take a look at maybe um, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown in shallow leagues. Deep leagues, it's going to depend on um, who Tannehill targets, but you could take a look at maybe uh, Dante Foreman, uh, Marcus Johnson, Nick Westbrook, Kine, and Jeff Swain. All right, and um, getting to the spread for this game, um, it looks like the Titans are favored by 10. Um, Nate, I'll get to you first. I guess uh, which side do you like here? I guess I'll go with the Titans even um, without Derrick Henry, mainly because um, Houston, they haven't um, been playing their best lately. So, yeah. All right. And uh, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like on this game? Uh, what was the spread? Sorry. I think the Titans are favored by 10. Okay. Um, uh, it's kind of a bigger spread, but. Like I was saying before, the Titans have been so hot that I think I don't really want to pick against them and their home. So I might have to go with the Titans here. Yeah, I guess just looking at the spread, um, 10 seems like a lot. I feel like there could be like a backdoor cover opportunity for the Texans, maybe like garbage time cover, something like that. So maybe I will roll with Houston. I think some places the spread has climbed to 10 and a half. So if it keeps climbing, it just looks a whole lot better for this Texans team. So I think I am going to side with them. And then getting to the next game, Washington against Carolina. I'll preview this one for fantasy. Um, for the football team, you'd be starting Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Um, and then I guess, guys, you could start maybe in deep leagues, Taylor Heineke, J.D. McKissick, Ricky Seals-Jones if he plays and potentially Curtis Samuel or one of the other receivers. Um, and then in terms of uh, Carolina, um, you probably start Cam Newton, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 100%. Um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Um, I don't know which one's going to get more targets now since Robbie Anderson's being featured more with Cam Newton. But yeah, you could probably roll both of them out. One of them is going to really go off for you. Um, and then deep league guys are like Chuba Hubbard and Terrace Marshall. Um, so let's get to the spread for this game. Um, taking a look at it, it looks like the Panthers are favored by three and a half at home. Mete, I'll get to you first. Which side do you like here? Uh, three and a half. <clears throat> I don't know. Washington's coming off a big win and then the Panthers as well. So it's kind of a tough one. I might have to just side with the home team here and the Panthers. <clears throat> All right. And uh, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess. Which side do you like here? I guess I'll go with the Panthers. Um, the Panthers do have a pretty good defense, so she, they should be able to hold off um, Heineke enough to cover this and Cam Newton's back as well. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I might side with the Panthers here. Um, it's not too many points. Their defense looked great last week. Their offense also looked great last week. Um, if the Panthers can put that early season defense together with this new Cam Newton offense, I think they definitely could be a playoff team this year. So, yeah, I definitely like them to win and cover this game. Um, getting to the next matchup, uh, Indianapolis against Buffalo. Matty, I'll get to you for this preview. Yeah, so for the Colts, uh, Carson Wentz in deeper leagues. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., and then T.Y. Uh, Hilton. And then Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Maybe Devin Singletary in deeper leagues. Stephon Diggs, Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Dawson Knox. All right, and uh, let's get to the spread here. Um, it looks like the Bills are favored by seven. I guess, Mete, which side are you on here? I think this could be a close game, so I, I'll i go with the Colts for that reason. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, Bills favored by seven. Which side are you on here? I'm going to go with the Bills mainly because um, the Bills can pretty much score as much as they want, and it's going to pretty much come down to um, can the Colts keep up with the Bills, and I'm not really too sure if they can. All right, and I guess looking at this game, I just think back to that wild card game from last year. Um, it was pretty much like tied or like a one-score game the whole way through. Um, and I think that the Colts have a more athletic quarterback now in Carson Wentz compared to Phillip Rivers. I actually think they have a chance to upset in this game, so I am going to go with the Colts at plus seven. Um, this game, in my opinion, should be a pick em. I think both teams are really solid on both offense and defense, so... Um, yeah, uh, definitely uh, think the Colts should be able to cover here. Um, getting to the matchup, uh, Detroit against Cleveland. Nate, I'll get to you for this preview. So I guess for Detroit, um, you can take a look at uh, DeAndre Swift if he's healthy. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you're definitely going to want to start him. And then I guess for deep leagues, you can take a look at Cliff Raymond and Amon Ross St. Brown. And for Cleveland, you can maybe take a look at um, Dearness Johnson, if Nick Chubb isn't playing this week, um, you can also take a look at Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. Um, for Nick Chubb, it's going to kind of depend on um, the COVID protocol and if they clear him to play. So if he's cleared to play, you can definitely start him. I guess in deeper leagues, you can maybe take a look at Donovan Peoples-Jones and Austin Hooper. All right. And getting to the spread, looks like Cleveland's favored by 11 and a half points. Nate, do you think they can cover this? Honestly, I want to be able to say that they can cover this, but we just saw um, the Lions tie against the Steelers, and the Steelers have um, a better uh, defense, at least in passing, in my opinion. So I, I'm i going to have to go with the Lions on this. Yeah, I think I might side with the Lions as well. If, even if Nick Chubb is confer confirmed, I think 11.5 is still quite a lot of points. I don't know, Mete, what's your opinion on this? The Lions have been so hard to call. Uh, I honestly don't know anymore, but yeah, I guess uh, if you were to ask me, I might go with the Lions as well since it's a bigger spread. All right, and uh, getting to the next game, um, New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins. I'll preview this one for fantasy. So guys, for the Jets, you might want to start um, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, and potentially Corey Davis as well. Um, and then deep league guys would be um, Jamison Crowder, Ty Johnson, 
And I put Mike White, but I found out he's not starting. It's actually Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco would probably just be a deep league look. Um, and then I guess, guys, you could start for the Dolphins. Um, Tua Tagovailoa, like I mentioned earlier. Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, and Devontae Parker. It's a great matchup. Roll them all out. Um, sits or deep league starts would be like Salvan Ahmed or like Albert Wilson. Uh, Wilson did look solid last game, but I, I feel like that was sort of a one-game thing for him. I think Waddle and Parker are the main guys you should be rolling out for wide receivers. And then getting to the spread for this game, Dolphins are favored by three and a half. Nate, I'll get to you. Which side are you on here? Um, It's pretty much a toss-up, but I guess I'll I'll go with the Jets just because they're at home. All right. And uh, Mete, I'll get to you. Uh, Dolphins minus three and a half. Who do you like? Yeah, I think I like the Dolphins. Um, they're looking better, and it's not that big of a spread. So I'd go for Dolphins. Yeah, I feel like the Dolphins' offense has been great most of the year. It's just their defense has been pretty poor. I think they have improved the past couple of weeks, so I think I will be okay taking the Dolphins at three and a half. I definitely think that they can cover this game. And then uh, getting to the next matchup, Cincinnati against Las Vegas. Matt, I'll get to you for this preview. Okay, so for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, I'd start Joe Mixon. T. Higgins, he's been great, especially last week. Jamar Chase. And then C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Boyd, I'd start in deeper leagues. For Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake could be a deeper league play. Brian Edwards, I'd start in deeper leagues as well. And then Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller for sure. All right. And uh, getting to the spread here, um, Bengals are favored by one. Mete, which side are you on here? Another tough call, but I guess if you were to ask me, I might go for the Raiders as I'm expecting a close game. They're home and they have the plus. So, yeah, I'll go for the Raiders. All right, uh, Nate, um, minus one for the Bengals. Which side are you on here? I'm going to go with the Raiders, not because the Bengals are bad, but I feel like the Raiders' offense kind of matches up pretty well with how um, Bengals' defense likes to play other teams. And it is at home. It's only plus one. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I was going to take the Raiders just because I feel like the Bengals are on the decline. Uh, they just really haven't played the same for the past few weeks. I know Raiders have been up and down, but um, they are at home. I think that they can bounce back. This is another one of these games where I'm like, you know, a team, they have a bad outing. I think they can bounce back. I think this is the Raiders here. Um, I definitely like what I've been seeing from them, subtracting last game, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'd, I think I'll take the Raiders as well. Um, getting to the next game, um, Arizona against Seattle. Um, Nate, I'll get to you for the preview on this one. So I guess for Arizona, um, if Kyler Murray is cleared to play, you're going to want to start him. Um, same thing with DeAndre, Op DeAndre Hopkins. He's questionable, but if he gets cleared, you're still going to want to start him. Um, James Conner, he's been pretty good for fantasy, so you're definitely going to want to start him. You can also take a look at Christian Kirk, AJ Green, um, Zach Ertz. Um, Rondale Moore, um, I feel like he's going to be kind of more of a deep league start. And I guess for Seattle, it's kind of hard to tell at the moment, but you could take a look at um, Russell, Russell Wilson, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, 
um, Alex Collins if he's healthy. All right, and uh, getting to the uh, spread here, um, looks like the Cardinals are favored by two and a half. I guess, Nate, which side are you on? It's pretty much going to depend on if Kyler Murray's playing or not. So if he's playing, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. But if he's not, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. All right, I'll bounce it to you, Mete. Cardinals minus two and a half. Which side are you on? Yeah, uh, I like what Nate said. Uh, Nate said, I... I would say the same thing as well. Yeah, I think um, if Kyler Murray plays, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. I think, Mete, what you said about um, the weather being a factor in the Seahawks last game, I think Wilson should overall be better in this game. I think they could win outright uh, either way, injuries or no injuries. Um, the Seahawks defense was very impressive last week. Jamal Adams obviously getting that interception. Uh, they just look solid overall. I think I might go with the Seahawks either way in this game. They're home. They're getting the points. So, yeah, I, I like the Seahawks there. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you for the next one. Dallas against Kansas City. All right. So, for the Cowboys, uh, you'll start Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. In deeper leagues, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and then Michael Gallup, I'd start in deeper leagues, and Dalton Schultz as well. I know he started the season great, but lately he's been on the decline. So it's kind of untrustworthy right now. And then Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, Daryl Williams if Clyde Edwards Hilaire is out. If not, I'd obviously start Edwards Hilaire and bench Williams. And then Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. All right. And uh, getting to the spread here. Um, Chiefs are favored by two and a half. I guess, Mete, which side are you on here? I think I have to pick the Cowboys. Um, expecting a close game, and they're uh, they've, they're giving the plus to the Cowboys. So, yeah, I'm going for Cowboys. All right, Nate, I'll bounce it to you. Chiefs are favored by two and a half. Which side are you on? It's kind of tough to tell because I feel like it's going to come down to defense again. Um, I feel like Dallas's defense has been better than Kansas City's, so I'm going to go with Dallas for now. Yeah, I think this is a game where, um, you know, the teams didn't really play well um, a couple weeks back, but that they both had their bounce back game last week. Um, I think that this is pretty much a pick em. so I think I might go for Dallas just for that reason because I feel like that these teams should be even. I don't really think there's a favorite in this matchup. So, I mean, Dallas is getting the point. So I think I'm going to lean uh, with the Cowboys as well. Um, getting to the Sunday night matchup, Pittsburgh Steelers against the LA Chargers. I'll preview that for fantasy. So for Pittsburgh, you're starting Najee Harris, starting Chase Claypool if he plays, uh, Deontay Johnson for sure, and potentially Pat Fryermuth as well if you need a tight end. And then deeper leagues, Ben Roethlisberger if he plays, and potentially James Washington in deeper leagues. Um, and then for the Chargers, you're starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook's been pretty solid most of the year, so you could probably roll him out. Um, deeper leagues would be guys like Josh Palmer, Justin Jackson, if he plays, and potentially Jalen Guyton. So uh, getting to the spread here, Mette, I'll start with you. Chargers are favored by five and a half. I guess, which side are you on here? I think if Roethlisberger can play, I'll... Definitely pick the Steelers, but if he doesn't, uh, I think 
the Chargers should be able to cover that. Yeah, I think give me Pittsburgh as well. Their defense is really solid. They keep it close with almost every team. Uh, I think plus five and a half is good for me. But Nate, what do you think? I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. All right. Getting to Monday's game now. Uh, it's the New York Giants against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nate, I'll get you for the preview on this one. So for uh, New York, um, again, quite a few guys that are questionable. I guess the main guys you would start are questionable, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard. So you're going to want to double check to see if they're cleared to play. Um, the rest of their guys, I'd say maybe start them in deep leagues. Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker, who's also questionable. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Evan Ingram. And I guess for Tampa Bay, um, pretty much all their starters, you could probably start in a shallow league. Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, although he's questionable as well. So you're also going to want to double check that. All right. And uh, getting to the spread for this game, it uh, looks like uh, the Bucs are favored by 10 and a half. Nate, I'll get to you first. I guess, uh, who do you like in this game? I mean, it is a kind of a big spread, but at the same time, um, these are the defending champs of the NFL right now. And I feel like they need to have a big game in order to show everyone that they're um, still more than ready to contend for the title. All right. And um, Matty, I'll get to you. Which side are you on here? kind of a bigger spread that's the only thing that's scaring me but yeah maybe the Buccaneers will be uh mad at their performance last week and come out uh looking for vengeance this week so I'd go for the Buccaneers I guess yeah this is a tough matchup to really uh, take a look at you just don't really know I think the Bucs should be able to win I was just hoping for a spread that's under 10 points I think on the Bucks might win by like 10. So if it's like 10 and a half or something, I might have to go with the Giants. Uh, I mean, they've been keeping it close on primetime games. That's what I noticed about the Giants. Um, against the Chiefs, it was close. Against the football team, it was close. I think maybe they keep it close in this game. So yeah, I think I'm just going to lean for the Giants on this one. And yeah, that's the end of the Week 11 preview for the NFL. Um, just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll be posting the updated picks for these games on Sunday. Definitely go check them out. Also check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, some exciting games. Mete, Cowboys are up against the Chiefs. Um, Brown's got the Lions, Patriots Thursday night against Atlanta. It's pretty exciting for me. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.